You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Hit it. Hi, I'm Jordan. Louder. Hi, I'm Jordan. <laughs> hey, residents of the worst NFL team in the history of the world. Damn, damn right. Damn right. Damn right. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast live in Jacksonville. We're in a spacious living room that is not so spacious with Joey in it, of course. The rumor is true. Toby's beard is shaved and Matt doesn't have any emotions. Tonight, tonight will be a fun night, including questions and reflections from our audience, many of whom are in BC Club. Give it up for BC Club. One couple traveled seven hours for a BC camping trip. Yeah. You guys are weird. Move it along, Jordan. No improvising. (laughs) Many are asking about the new Emory album that's coming out May 19th. All of us are enjoying the hospitality of Aaron and Brittany. And now it's the most depressed pastor, the the most gifted scientist, and the most sought-after news anchor. It's the Bad Christian Podcast live in Jacksonville. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Jordan. Yes. Let's do it. Three, two, one. Hit it. Yo, it's the B-C-P-O-D-N-J-A-X. What? Jacksonville makes some noise. It's the Bad Christian Podcast. All right. Wow, that was great, Joe. That was super good with the real mic there. Welcome to the Bad Christian Podcast. Joining the, this is my sound effects. Yeah. And now let's hear the real thing one more time. All right. That's yeah, much baby. better. I wish we had that. I wish we had that live. People always ask us, could we do video? Could we do this thing? And honestly, dream come true for us would be if we could have an audience every time, maybe like the late show, like we were Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or some other Jimmy. It would be awesome. Yeah, no. But but we live in different parts of the country. So it's a, it's a, it's funny because usually we try to get the energy up like that. We had try to have somebody like we have Jordan do that. We have this real crowd and everything. But normally I'm in my wife's closet with their underwear and socks and stuff like that and it's quiet and it's Tuesday in the morning and Toby and Joey are on the other side of the country and so it really is hard to create the 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 atmosphere it is that we really want but it's so fun to do these shows and be in 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 the same room yeah. as my co-host here. So. Yeah, it's it's fun, but I, I, I gotta say something. All right, when I get together with my family over Christmas vacation and stuff like that, I don't have this problem and I know them way more than I know these guys. I can't go in that kitchen in there and eat a brownie without thinking, these people are looking at me and they're thinking, he shouldn't be eating that. <laughs> and it really sucks. Like, when I'm around my family, I'm just enjoying a brownie, enjoying a chip, but I'm like, I probably shouldn't eat a second brownie or they'll start making fun of me. <laughs> it's a bummer. I don't even know these people. I'm worried about what they think about my eating. It's crazy. <laughs> the brownies are really good. I'm not going to lie. Um, but, hey, I will say this. I really thought that uh, Jackson Jaguar fans, I really thought you were embarrassed because of your team. Um, I have met many Jacksonville Jaguar fans, and I've kind of asked them, hey, you know, what do you think of this season? They're just like, hey, we've given up. Don't don't even talk to me about the Jaguars. So it's cool. There's like three or four people here with Jackson Jaguar T-shirts. Nice. 
Jackson Jaguars. Did I just say Jackson? <laughs> you got to save time on yeah. that. You can't say you can't say Ville. Yeah. We waste yeah. a lot of time. <laughs> we we are huge NFL fans, and I do feel bad, terribly bad for you guys. I don't. I mean, it hasn't really been good for you guys. So uh, we we were watching some of the drafts a little bit earlier, and but it is fun to be here tonight. Thank you guys for being here. This is our first actual living room show of this tour. I mean, we've That's been right. in a wood. A wood making, uh, a furniture making studio, studio factory, whatever you want to call it. And then last night we were in Tampa with the Under Oath guys premiering their new movie, Tired Violence, which was really fun. So we actually do really enjoy being in a living room. And, and for me too, I think one of the reasons why is because this just feels real and fun. And maybe it is kind of like, like you guys seem to. What's really funny is when you guys walk in the door, you usually make jokes from our podcast to us yes. or something about Joey's weight or about what we're doing or whatever it might be. The host but, asked me not to kick his dog. Right, right. And, and you did, though. I did not kick was, their dog. The I dog was, was outside, and it was dangerously close. I was like, Aaron, is this real? Aaron, don't listen to him. It's not true. It's you not said true. playing. That dog was like, I'm about to die. <laughs> anyway. <it's, laughs> All right, so let me explain what happened there. Joey did do a move with his leg out of irritation to keep the dog from... What uh, was it? Jumping that, up that's on? Not it? even true. I was playing. The dog's running around. I'm going, hur, 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 and it's running at me. And, and then it, it like what? jumped up, and I like elevated it up in the air. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Your son's not here, so you're not protecting him. And your your face wasn't. You weren't smiling when you did it. Oh, that's because I was so intense and in playing with the dog. Every so. time you're around a, a animal, a domesticated animal, are you at least on orange level? <laughs> <laughs> like it, it will attack. Yeah, man, you got to be have careful. Have you ever been? A, I, have you been attacked by dogs? Uh, by dog, no. I've been pooped on by a cat. But I mean, where's the fear come from? Like, uh, you've never been attacked by a domestic. I, I'm, animal. I'm just noting is, is that I'm not, the, your interaction with that dog to me was like, "Whoa, that guy doesn't like dogs." I'm not saying you kicked it. He didn't well, he, kick okay, your he dog. Here, here's here's the big myth, and I, I have people teasing me about this in Charleston too. I actually love animals. I really like animals. I don't like when dogs come up to me and they want to lick me. So if that makes me not a dog lover, it makes me not a dog lover. The dogs that come up and just kind of mind their own business and then come up and I, I get to pet them without them licking my hand, I'm totally into them. But I don't want a dog licking my hand. I mean, is that a problem? I don't want you licking my hand. Okay. What's yeah. That? <laughs> yeah, I actually think that is a problem. I don't think you like animals. I mean, that's what dogs do. That's like their Not whole thing. Not all of them. Most dogs at some point will lick you. Like, if you had a dog and it never licked you, and then you owned it for like seven years, and all of a sudden one day it licked you, that's it. Yeah, but here's the We're thing. Done. is going to the pound. nuh <laughs> Here's Not. the thing, though, is, is most of the time a dog that licks... There, there's a lot of dogs that will just keep licking and keep licking and keep licking, and I'm just like, I'm waiting for the owner to, I'm waiting for the owner to like call them off. But you can in a nice, friendly way. The dog's trying to be friends with you. It, it can't talk. It can't say, "Hey, I'm just here to hang out. I want to hang out with you." So, like, I mean, you, like, you really dislike that, which is a huge part of a dog. Yeah. Well, dogs jumping around, playing, even a little rough, is what. It, well, cool, man. You hate animals. Yeah. Well, at least I love my kids, and you you, uh, you told me you were saying all kinds of uh, crap about William. You said that he was falling down on the ground all the time when well, you were taking care of him. We had to. Joey actually. He's it, five years old, so. Was it Jacksonville? Oh, yeah. I came to Jacksonville for an art conference. Yeah, so he came to a, came here last week. Was it last? Yeah, yeah. It was last week. Yeah. Joey, Joey's been in Jacksonville 
the last two weeks in a row. And uh, so he left all four kids at our house. We have three kids. He left all four of his kids at our house. That makes it sound like I just dropped him <laughs> off and said, just go to the front door. Yeah. Your mom and I are out of here. We had we didn't even know. Yeah. We all here with the squealing of the wheels, and there was four kids in the front door. And Rosa door. was like, well, what if they don't answer? You just yeah, keep you knocking. Just go, girl. And if they don't answer, you, you wait go, for them girl. to pull up in the driveway, okay? <laughs> But we had to watch all of them, and I, I really do love Joey's kids and his oldest son, William. Uh, I, I hung out with him probably the most or whatever, but we're outside, and I just could not believe it. I love William. I love your son. I have never seen somebody <laughs> fall and hurt themselves more doing nothing, not playing. Like, well, I promise you, it was unbelievable. I turned my head, and I, he would just be crying, walking to me, like, bleeding. It was unbelievable. And then... I. The worst part was, I, I was, it happened like three, four, five times in a row. The last time, he went head over this little car he was on, and he stands up, his face is cut, his fingers bleeding, all the stuff. And I literally looked at him, and I was like, man, I love this kid. I cannot believe that he is basically has the same detrimental body that his father has. Yeah. It just is destroyed. <laughs> like, Joey has a body that hates Easily him. Easily destroyed. Joey's body, your body thinks you're a dog. <laughs> Well, and it hates you. And your son is just is is sad. I just wa- he's just trying to play, and his body is betraying him constantly <laughs> while he's trying to have fun. He just gets hurt. <laughs> listen, listen how listen how horrible of a parent uh, I am. I, we picked up the kids Thursday at the Morell household, and then Friday, you know. Th- so that night, I'm I'm hugging all my kids. Oh, it was so good to see you. His heart being away and all that sort of thing. Well, I pick William up from school, and the whole side of his face is scraped. His, he's got red under his nose and everything. And I seriously. In front, listen how bad this makes me. In front of his teacher and the uh, the administrator at the office, I was like, William, I was like, what what happened to your face? And I was expecting somebody from the school to say, oh, here's what happened, Mr. Swenson, blah, blah. He's just like, it, it happened at Uncle Toby's house. <laughs> <laughs> so I put him to bed. I got him up in the morning. I got him help him get ready, and I did not notice Didn't the scrapes all. all over his face. <laughs> well, I don't know any of this, but to me, what it sounds like is happening is to- Toby is trying to actually place the blame and shame your son because of failure to do, do a good babysitting job. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to discredit your son and right. his physicality right. to make up for the fact of his failure right. to watch well, seven mo- kids. Most people that babysit say, hey, I'm really sorry about the scrape all over his face. We right. should have been a more, more careful. He's just like, hey, your son's Something's clumsy. wrong with your son. <laughs> Something's wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> what if he would have ended up in the hospital? Would you have called me and said, look, William is just a ridiculous piece of crap. The worst it has, the, we you can't have to go worse. Room. <laughs> it was really fun hanging out with him though, because I had to take him to T-ball practices, and it was just him and I. And I sent Joey pictures of it. I like when I get to hang out with other people's kids when they aren't or they aren't around, because I mess with them and I try to get them to say things they probably shouldn't and all that stuff. Out of and there was nothing. I was not coercing him into this at all. It was so awesome. We, the, you guys didn't give him his gloves, so he had to just play catcher because he didn't have a glove. So he would just wait till the ball rolled in and he'd pick it up and whatever. T-ball catcher, right. the most obsolete thing on earth. <laughs> exactly. <Right. laughs> Joey's son. <laughs> or play even the T-ball pitcher, catcher. for that yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the pitcher has the potential to feel right. the ball. The catcher right. is the lame duck of yeah. the T-ball. Yeah, it's real bad. So William's just there, and uh, he's the same age as my daughter, and you know they still. You don't even need a glove. The, yeah, I know you don't. <laughs> the defense. balls are soft. Yeah. yeah. And so it, he has like three or four balls, and he's hold, he's he's holding a couple, and uh, just waiting, you know, just kind of watching, just not even playing. And he's, he starts playing a, a game by himself because it's such a boring <laughs> thing. 
And uh, I'm just kind of watching him, messing around, talking, whatever. And he just looks at me, and he's the same age as my daughter. So all his R's are like W's or whatever, you know, Oz, Oz. And, uh, are you making he, fun of me? He has a speech impediment, too? <laughs> okay. <laughs> my daughter's the same way. But he looks at me, just so genuine, and he has two baseballs. And he goes, Toby, I can hold both balls in one hand. <laughs> both balls in one hand. <laughs> and he dies laughing. And I was like, this is hilarious. This is like me hanging out with a dude. Goes, Look, man, I got two balls in one hand, bro. <laughs> and it was really funny. I took a picture of it. He's just holding. He's so proud. And I was like, that's guys right there. They can He's... Girls would never get that excited. A guy goes, two balls in one hand. And he's that excited. Like, that's, I did it, dude. I did. I mean, not paying attention to the game, the, the, the learning, anything, just two balls in one hand. I, that, I killed I mean, T-ball that, today. That gives me three observations from that alone. Number one, your, your version of him not being able to speak well, you give him a New Jersey accent. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, William knows your sense of humor extremely well, yeah, what you're going to like. And, yeah. and number three, genera- genera- generationally, you're going to pick on Joey's son. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> it's just the same thing. It's like you got, we got, you got a new generation of, of a Svensson guy to make oh, fun I agree. of. I agree. So, so, Matt, being a father of a daughter, like, is there a part of you that hears these sorts of stories and you really want a son, or would you be happy with having like two or three more girls? I think I'd rather have more girls would yeah. be what I would say. I do want to have more kids and to have to have a son scares me a bit because I feel like the daughter thing has been really fun and I know it and so that'd just be a whole nother thing to learn. Yeah. So I, I would be totally happy to have all girls. Yeah, and, see, what, and from what I get, y'all don't love your sons as much as your daughters. <laughs> That's just to be honest, that's what I'm getting so far. Well, here, so. Here's what's crazy is I'm intimidated about having sons too because I do not have a handyman. You guys know this. I can't do anything with tools. I'm not good at it all. So I, I thought my son loves tools. He loves fixing things and all that stuff. I was just like, I, I need to try to figure out how to have some bonding time with him with that sort of thing. So I went around to all the little, um, see, I don't even know what it's called. What's the thing that goes over the plugs? The little things that you. Uh, the electrical outlet cover? Yeah, the cover. <laughs> the cover. <laughs> So I, I was going around with him, and I was like, I was, te- I was telling him to observe the screw. And William pick, is in real trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and then to pick the screwdriver and which one works, and I taught him how to do that. He was you so wanted, excited. You told your son how to stick a screwdriver in an electrical outlet? No, to the screw. Okay. To the screw. Yeah. To he, the screw. he won't yeah, yeah. confuse that later. Yeah. That's safe. So here, here's the thing is I seriously had to tell him. I was like, William, I was like, that's about all I know. <laughs> So you're eventually going to have to start learning on your own, you know? So thank the Lord he has a very handyman uh, grandfather. But yeah. Well, I did have an observation about Jacksonville that I wanted to share, and that's that places are so different regionally. I'm a southern guy. I live in Seattle. So for me, I love traveling around the country because, I, you know, like I, I live in one of the most, like, uptight liberal places, and I come from one of the most uptight religious places, and the values that they have are just so different. And so to... to this, this evening, I was drinking a uh, bottled beer, Bud Select, in fact, which is probably my favorite beer at the moment, Bud Select, 99 calories, medium-high alcohol content for a light beer. It's a good thing. So I, I was going to throw the, it away, and I, I got this panic that I get when I'm at home in Seattle, like I have to make sure to get the right recycling thing. I have to nail it here or else I'll be shamed. Because in Seattle, recycling is like the most important thing you can do. It's like they're not religious and they don't 
judge you if you go to church on Sunday or what your views are, or whatever. But your how well you recycle is a huge deal. Like yeah. They don't care about the orphans as long as you're recycling right. and say it, it's yeah. a big deal. Like it really yeah. is one of the things I think people if latch you don't recycle, on to. It turns into Hunger Games or something like yeah. insane. No, like no, it's bad. It is. So I always feel like because I mean I fail there all the time with the with the recycling because it's it's really complicated. And I ask here and they're just like, yeah, I mean the, if you can put it there. Do you recycle? And they said yes or whatever. But it was clearly low key and I was super relieved at that and so but in Seattle we have like multiple bins and now they're trying to enforce a compost rule and we like they the thing is like they're trying to see if the garbage people there should go through take apart the bags check them and see if there's any compost which would mean like coffee grinds in your trash can if so you get charged and we already have trash cans that are like this big I know you can't see it but tiny and beyond that you have to pay for it and so I think that's really interesting and good, and I know they care about the environment and everything, but it is so different in the different regions of, of the thing. And I told the people that, this was about 30 minutes ago, I said, man, it's so, it's so different here. Like, and I feel like when I go to other places in the uptight religious places, they don't even care about recycling, which yeah. I think is odd that Christians probably, I guess that maybe goes in line, you think they care about the environment the least? Yeah, yeah, I do. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like the place where there's the Bible Belt, they don't care about the environment. I know. It's weird. I, I, I don't want to throw my dad under the bus. But, but you will. But I certainly will. Uh, I, I, it's okay because he doesn't even understand that the technology of podcasts exists. He doesn't know, he doesn't know that. Uh, so it, I remember when I was a little kid, I mean, we'd leave church, stop by fast food or something, you know, and pick up whatever, McDonald's, whatever. We'd be eating in the car, and he'd be like, hey, you done with your food? Yeah. And, Rolled in the window, chunk the food out, yeah. chunk the bag out. Now, yeah. now he has learned because people have said, "Hey, this that's wrong" or something like yeah. that. He didn't. It, to him, it wasn't even a bad thing, though. That's the thing; it's not a bad thing, but it is to, in his mind. And my point, going to your point, would be: I don't think the church even thought about that. That no, not a big deal. That recycling is a. Be- they just think the government's messing with you. But I, I feel super in in the middle on that because I think although. Christians are so behind on certain things and stuff that's even scientific or whatever and environmental concerns. Yeah. At the same time, I can't stand the super uptight thing. And I'm, I've thought in my mind so many times about this recycling stuff is so irritating. Even at the uh, fast food places, there's three or four different bins, and they, you're supposed to separate everything right. out at Taco Time or McDonald's. And I hate yeah. it so much. And I wondered, is it actually really – is it is it – different what do they do with it and it, does it actually make right. a difference so it I've all been, goes I did, to the dumpster no, well, I mean, no, no, no seriously so I've I mean been, you, you know what the people are like at fast food are they, do they really care or do they just go well, it's mandated it, by the government in, in Seattle so, so right. what, what's, what I think about it a lot and so w- when I did that and realized oh yeah this is totally different maybe it's crazy so I looked up 20 minutes ago a little bit of information on recycling and I'm going to uh, mix that also with my own thoughts on it I'm going to do a, a science lesson yeah to. so can we do that We'll talk about recycling and some observations I have for it. So here we go. Astrophysics, chemistry, cellular biology, mathematics, gravitation, electromagnetism, evolution. And now it's time for Science Lessons for Christians. Because when it comes to science, Christians are stupid. All right, so this is what I learned. This is, this is very quick, but um, 
So when it comes to recycling, my suspicion has been that it's, it might not be as efficient as it is sounds good. That's what I feel like people gravitate toward how you feel like a hero because you're doing the recycling. Right. And then the bias would go there. And my thesis is and was, and I've confirmed just in 20 minutes on the internet that I'm right. Yeah. It's, it, it is largely uh, a, an emotional thing that, and a bias that people have regionally and very political as well. Yeah. But the science of it is, and the economics of it are a little more ambiguous. Wow. So, so the recycling was born out of uh, the idea that we were going to run out of landfill space. And then, you know, there was stuff in the 80s where it was like, oh, there's these barges full of trash and stuff like that. And then we started building these landfills. So that's the classic argument is the, we're going to run out of landfill space and there's going to be trash overflowing and right. stuff like that. But... Accord, and this is all from Popular Mechanics, so you can check the source on that. This isn't from anything crazy, but this is all I, this is all I read. But a thousand years of trash could fit in thirty-five miles of landfill that was a really? hundred yards deep. Wow! With the, with the processes that we use now, without recycling, you mean just putting everything just in the one, currently yeah. the way it is, like right. recycling okay. and everything yeah. included. And tw- a thousand years. Yes. So twenty years for how many people? Right now in America. Golly. So it, with 20 years, right now, but if we never built one more acre of landfill, we have the capacity right now for 20 more years of every single thing of trash. So okay. the, it's not like the landfills actually are going to run out. Right. I mean, in 20 years they would. In 20 years we have to start building some new right. acre, but it's not okay. overtaking. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Right, and right, like right. I said, a 35-mile thing could contain it for right. a 1,000 years. Okay. You, you see these landfills, they're a couple of miles across, whatever. Right. And how deep do they go? And the technology will probably increase. So I think that's interesting. And then, when, so environmentally, that's the way that goes. But here's what trips me out is all the money and stuff that goes into the, uh, the paying all the garbage workers and the recycle bins. And in Seattle, we have these big, giant processing plants. Right. And I know people that work at them, and they're making 15 and 25 and $35 an hour. Yeah. And they're sorting recycling. And we have these giant separate trucks that come that use fuel right. and roads and all right. the other stuff. So now you have to t- think about the environmental stuff of the greenhouse gases yeah. and the fuel and all the other things. Matthew, just to- this is very insightful. I'm kind of blown away right yeah. now. I mean, I just, I, I, I've been thinking for a little bit. I just looked You're it just up thinking- and it makes sense to me. Michael Jordan, your pizza boxes (laughs) everywhere. So when you look at it economically, they say, here's the weird part is that recyclables are a commodity. So it just turns into this commodity where recycled plastics worth this much, aluminum this much, and the markets fluctuate from $20 to $150. And so that tells you right there that that sometimes it's going to be profitable to recycle and sometimes it's going to be losing. Yeah. So on average for right now in the average place it costs more money to recycle than to not. Now we know we have the landfill space and it's costing more money for all the programs and the government and stuff like that. Right. But keep in mind a politician whose platform is pro recycling environment it's going to sound good for him. Yeah. So even at expense of the taxpayer and not much, and even if there was an environmental impact which it seems kind of clear like there is some environmental impact right. but more the way that it looks and the way it feels is not, you know, based on the commodity prices, it's not, not that thing. So aluminum, for instance, is one of the uh, materials that recycles really well. It's up to 96% uh, efficient in there, whereas glass is like 21%. So all the work that goes into the, to saving 21% to recycle the glass is actually possibly a negative effect. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so like glass bottles and everything, you only get 20% 
reusable yeah. glass. And then even the aluminum, like when aluminum is kind of compromised, so it can only be used for certain things. Right. And the demand for aluminum goes up so high that we're still having to mine 80 and 90% of the aluminum anyway. So it's not like it's keeping yeah. us from having to mine it. But the, the envi- environmentally, I'll say, it is still helpful for the environment. Economically, maybe a little bit down. So then the verdict is, how does every community deal with it? And you just have to keep in mind that it's very political. So San Francisco, the most. They they recycle the most. It costs a lot and what, what it is. And then on the opposite side of that, Houston, Texas is the worst recycling. Are you system. serious? Yeah. yeah. They, 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 they do the... They do the, the the worst is in Houston, Texas. Wow. But all I want everybody to know is, is, is it's kind of an ambiguous thing. Wow. So, and I think, so don't take it as a huge platform, like you're better than somebody that does, or these people are terrible. You know, there's just some, you know, if people would look at the real data on it, you just could make the best decision based on the market. They could say, hey, we're going to shut down recycling because of commodity prices. That'd be a good decision in some places yeah. at some points. But nobody wants to look at it the real way. Did you know in the 80s, I don't know what uh, presidential candidate it was, but there were theorizing that they could possibly take a gigantic rocket ship full of trash and shoot it to the sun. If we got efficient enough with our rocket launch technology and the stuff associated with it, that could be a good idea. Do you think that'd be dangerous in any sort of way to tamper with the sun? No, no, absolutely not. You can't, you, you can't hurt the sun. Don't worry about that. But on a lighter note, I did have a story, a recycling story that came to mind as well. Toby, do you remember when we were when we were writing the question and the rehearsal space that we use there? Yes, I do. Okay, do, uh, can you remember this recycling story? So we had all these water bottles. We had these cases of water at this recycling, uh, I mean, at this rehearsal space where we were in Seattle. And it's a lady named Jody. Remember her? That yeah. owned the place. Right. And uh, so we, the, it was on the bottom floor, and I hated leaving to go to the bathroom. And we were in there all the time. Yeah. You see where this is going? Right. So we would just pee back in the bottles of water that we drank so we didn't have to go up to the bathroom because they were the bathroom was kind of stinky and was far away. Right. So we would just pee in the bottles and then throw them away when right. we were done. And the owner of the rehearsal space was one of these militant recyclers, and she lost her mind because she would take the trash out naturally and go through it all. And she's going through Emory's trash in 2005, <laughs> 2004. She's going through Emory's trash, and it's... Fifty percent of it is just bottles of urine. <laughs> <laughs> but she just she just let it ride. So. Yeah. I mean that was yeah. A, you had to let that go. She needed to make a decision for herself. She was so mad way. about it. I would not have done that. It is interesting though because I remember back in the day. Then this is what my dad thought. He, he's you know he just thinks the government tries to mess with everything you do. He just said that they tried to push recycling so you couldn't get your five cents for your return of your glass bottle or something <laughs> like that. You, still, you know, people would collect cans. And oh, also, yeah. Maybe you could still do that, I guess. But That you know, was the biggest bummer, man, because yeah. my, my dad would encourage my brother and I, hey, save all your aluminum cans, yeah. and we would make it like this huge family activity. So we were so excited, and then on Saturday morning, we'd watch all of our cans go up that big old yeah. thing, that, uh, and then it would dump in, and we're just like, oh, sweet, this is awesome. Here's two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, I know. For like six months. You, worth yeah, of I know collecting. you worked so hard, you didn't get any money. But my dad still thought, yeah, no way, not you're not you're taking my money, Obama. Who in here is a stick? <laughs> who's in here a stickler for recycling? Raise your hand. No, not Good one hand, Jacksonville. 
We got, we got one. one. We got one. We got one. Oh my so. gosh. <laughs> no, but on the other hand, I do advocate for environmental responsibility in in like every way. Like I, I mean, I think we can get on solar and batteries and stuff like that. That's that stuff's great. So for sure, Christians, you should save. Should care about the envi- environment. Should make good decisions on climate change. For sure. I I'm totally too. agree. Yeah, totally. Good. Man, you got really serious at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, 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 I think that it just people don't, don't realize it. And the, the big critique of that, oh, thank you. Hey, well, I want to ask a question. Y'all been doing these living room shows for a while. I, I, I jumped on some of the Matt and Toby living room shows for a while, and then we transitioned into unlearning them, Bad Christian and everything. Right. Has there ever been hospitality like this? I mean, it's unbelievable. Aaron and Brittany, they made a bunch of food for people. She just raised her hand with beer and said, you want me to bring that up here? It's unbelievable. Have, have y'all encountered something like that before? Never. That comes. And, and, and they don't even hardly recycle. This place is amazing. Right. <laughs> you made me totally forget my point, but oh, I'm I think so it sorry. was. Uh, I think one of the biggest critiques against Christianity is that most they I, when we when I talk to agnostics or atheists or people from other religions about Christianity specifically, they they just think we think oh the world's going to burn, so who cares? Well, there there you is a, I mean? like it's there gonna, is it's a, over. there is no matter what. We all agree and understand, especially in rural places and smaller places, there is a, an amount of ignorance that, that belongs solely to Christianity, right? And all these small churches and the stuff. Right. I mean, it's not like the bread and butter of Christianity is people that have a lot of worldly knowledge, right. even though they claim to, and and in and, and the way I believe they do have some of the ultimate right. what truth was the, of the who universe. Was the guy on the podcast we were listening to, to today? Um, Sam Harris. Sam Harris. So Sam Harris is a big-time, uh, I guess, He's atheist, yeah, and he also, is. but he's, very, a, he's an anti-religious, anti-Christianity, right. anti-Muslim. He thinks it's very dangerous, yeah. and that it's manipulative, and that it, it messes with you, and religion messes with you, and we'd be better off without it, basically. So and he we, thinks the cross of Jesus Christ and his resurrection is dangerous. Yeah, wow, that's just so ironic. Well, it's just manipulative, which it can be. Right. I mean, people it, use what you just said. He, he doesn't believe it's true, and right. he thinks that the way that people behave in the name of that is very right. harmful. And right. I think he's got some really oh, yeah. good points. Yeah, yeah, crusades, and it's interesting to listen to him because it isn't. It, he really does think I'm trying to do good in yep. a sense. You know what I mean? Like he's not. Oh, you guys are stupid. Only he's like trying to say this. So anyway, it was interesting. He was talking about artificial intelligence, which was a really interesting podcast. We can go into that. But it was so interesting because I was I, he was he was talking about artificial intelligence and how um, what uh, Elon Musk just recently said that the most dangerous thing to humanity, the race of humanity, uh, is yeah. He says is artificial he, intelligence. Yeah, right. So, and you should listen to the podcast. It was really interesting and it was really thoughtful and uh, even it, you know big uh, this huge idea. But people have really put time and effort into thinking about this and what it could mean for us to have artificial intelligence. What does that mean for humanity? What does that mean for you know our our future? Like the, the best line was something like, at, at some point, the way humans are and artificial intelligence won't be compatible. And then what will happen? You right. know what I mean? Like at that moment, that that is going to happen. Computers are getting better. Uh, technology is getting more and more and more. And what is that like? Even on a smaller scale, what does that mean for jobs? When computers can do everything one billion times better than you, and they're way smarter and everything, and they know like like they know all of human history in what do you say like a week or something like that. You know, you could input everything. So it was really interesting because I was like, okay, this is just an intelligent person talking. Who knows? I, I, has right. a podcast and knows a thousand times yeah. more. I mean, he knows much right. more than us about right. the world. Yeah, that's his interest. He's and that's smarter yes. than and we he's are. Studying it and yeah. and all this stuff, and we're riding through the middle of Florida, 
And I just see little tiny church after little tiny church after little tiny church. And I went, and I just really was sitting there for a minute thinking, I bet those people would just totally discount this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and, and they would be totally satisfied with whoever's in the pulpit there giving them their entire creation That's science. Right idea the everything and and that's so dangerous it's, it was right? a little scary it, it's, it is scary when the it, like I, I made fun of of it but i grew up in very charismatic very small backwoods churches where it was just wild and crazy my papa was a pastor and people like like sam harris would be almost condemned as it's purely evil he doesn't believe in god like, so don't listen li- yeah, to him we're not gonna listen to him have zero clue about science or anything at all and would just condemn it. And I'm like, that is really dangerous if we are so close-minded. And, and I don't even, I want to clarify, those pastors are, are trying to spread the gospel and they are trying to do the right things. Uh, and maybe it's even an ignorance or unaware of what's going on, but it is a little crazy that you go, I'm going to take my entire view of all creation, the earth and everything from somebody that doesn't even care really about it. Yeah, because I mean, where we grew up, I know tons of people that are my friends and my friends' dads and people like that that are... They're a pastor, and they have 45 people that come to this thing, and they're almost all related to them, and they think this is the guy that gives us our world and our truth. He knows Jesus. He knows that's true, and that might be about it. Right. I mean, he does not know much else, and I know that's weird. I, I live in a big city, or I understand stuff, or I've traveled. Yeah, so I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but, man, you should learn. I mean, the past, your pastor doesn't know everything about about much, maybe much else than what right. he knows about. But what's crazy is it's, it's almost his job to play into that perception because he has to. That's what they expect. It's and weird. for him, he, he's like, well, I've, I've got to accept that because and, that's my job. Well, some of the biggest churches, these but pastors are leading the flock. Though. I that's agree. Why couldn't he go, no, I hey, totally agree. don't listen just to me. You don't have to lose Jesus when listening to a scientist who might not believe in Jesus. No. You know what I mean? Like, like no, no, here's the thing I don't like about Christian versus science. The best scientist ever in the whole history of the universe and everything would be God, would be God who created it all, right? So he had to use science. The reason, I, I believe that, and I, I don't think we have to be so scared of it. And the danger is we will, we will say, hey, this guy here has a word from God, and he's giving it to me, and this is how I'm going to view the world. Not that guy, because he won't say Jesus. Like, right. I, I, I have thought this before, and I think it would be pretty amazing. If I was a scientist and smart, <laughs> I think if I was a scientist and smart and I didn't believe in Jesus, I would tell everybody I do. And then I would just get to do whatever I wanted. I don't, I can't believe that atheist scientists wouldn't just say, yeah, man, uh, uh, you know, the, the, what's the colander or whatever that's over in the, you know, the Hig, Higgins bottom, whatever it is. Yeah. It, well, I can't even the say colander. It. I thought it was a colander, like a whatever. Collider. Collider. That's now, hang on a second. It's a collider. There's a colander it? and a collider. No, no it collides. It, it's oh, a, a collider. It collides particles together. I'm, I'm proving my own point here. It doesn't sort them out where <laughs> the water runs out the bottom understand. of the dish I'm a, I'm and the particles are left on top of the spaghetti. Right. Like that. It doesn't sort it right. out like that. It, it yeah. collide the right. particles. A okay. collider. Okay. I, 
they would have been the smartest people in the world. They would just call it the Jesus Collider. <laughs> just put Jesus or Christ in front of anything you want to do and say, you got it, dude. Hey, Joel Osteen, Jesus Collider. If they would have, instead of naming it the Higgs boson, yeah. they'd have named it the Jesus boson and said they were looking for it. Jesus boson. They'd have been funded instantly. I know. Yeah. Why, why? I mean, that, that has to be so easy. I would just say, yeah, sure. Jesus, man, he's awesome. I mean, why do, I don't understand why they don't manipulate us like that. It seems like the easiest possible thing, but the, the truth is... They probably would to, lose credibility in the scientific community. Right. They would. I'm and guessing. That, and that's what I think is really interesting is they want to do it in a true, real way. They're trying to find truth. And there's tons of science that I disagree with, and I wish there was more open discussion about uh, you know spiritual the spiritual side of life and what that means. But I do believe that if we search for truth, then Jesus will be there. Jesus either is truth or not, and so God will be revealed in truth always. I really do believe that. No matter what it is, I've seen God revealed in truth in my relationships. I've seen God revealed in truth with me towards my kids. I've seen God revealed in truth with me uh, paying the correct amount on my taxes. I mean, whatever it might be, you know what I mean? Like, I, I might not have said Jesus, or I might have been saying it like, my tax bill, Jesus. Holy Lord, please help me. But... But I really do believe that, so I don't know why, why we're so scared. And I don't know why. We, it almost feels like we don't believe it, and that's why we're so defensive. There's a it. bit of insecurity. Yeah, perhaps. the number yeah. one person that talks about sex is the person that's not having it. So we, you know what I mean? Hey, like the you have, number one talk, person that talks against science is the person that doesn't know that, anything that's about a, it. That's really, that's a really kind of bad indicator for you, given the amount of <laughs> vagina jokes you make. <laughs> Hey, when you guys, when you guys go on trips, does your, uh, and I don't know, maybe this is a question you're just like, shut up, Joey. We don't have to talk about this, but does yeah, your, just, just save it. Skip yeah. it. <laughs> if you already know it's bad. No, it, does, does your, <laughs> are you wife, trying to change the subject because you are a pastor and we were talking about science? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, does your, what do you know about science? What do I know about science? Yeah. Well, I was a science teacher in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, his credentials not, far out hey, exceed mine, yeah, I have to yeah. admit, from an academic standpoint. It is not hard to convince a bunch of middle schoolers that you're the <laughs> science <laughs> master, man. It just is, is not Is that hard. just all? That's just water cycle huh? kind of thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah totally. Seventh grade's earth science. Yeah, yeah. the different yeah. site. Different types of clouds, different types of rocks. <laughs> but I'm telling you, there are times when they would ask me, because in South Carolina, and I'm glad the rules have changed, I was a math and science teacher. Math is totally qualified, knew way more. But I mean, there were, there were math teachers teaching at my level where they had to study the curriculum before teaching. I was like, you shouldn't be a math teacher. I was good to go with math, didn't have to study, knew it like the back of my hand. But science, I had no business being a science teacher. The kids would Cumulo ask me. Nimbus. Oh, yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. But what I wanted to ask. It's funny though. So, but there must have came a day where you were teaching a science lesson. You were like, "This is bullshit. No way. I'm becoming a pastor." <laughs> is that what happened? No. Is that why you quit? Metamorphic being a rock no. my ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh-uh. You know, I taught I taught sex education my first two years of school, and I am telling you, man, I have some crazy what did, stories. What did you not teach? <laughs> Math, science, sex, education, all right, the Bible, listen. everything. You just fashion. All right, listen, listen. All right, thank you for segueing into our uh, sponsor spot. You don't have to thank me, man. We're on the same team. Okay, no, I appreciate me. it. Yeah. So we, we do appreciate that we can clown up here about sexuality. Like, I, I mean, sometimes people criticize us for, for making dick jokes or for just saying, uh, Toby, talking about balls. 
and vagina or boner. It was actually with, William that brought whatever. balls. Yeah, it was your son. Yeah. Even your son makes the jokes. But <laughs> we, we appre- what, the reason we do that is, is, is kind of a reaction to the fact that people are not talking about sex enough. And what we've seen in the people we know and the couples we know, even in marriages, the husband and the wife often have a, a really hard time talking to each other about sex and their own sex life. We think that is terrible. We think that's detrimental, and uh, not in a judgmental way, but we want to encourage people to be more open about that, uh, have more dialogue about that. Craig Gross and Jeanette Gross also, are, we're, we're simpatico, you could say, on, on that issue. So they made a series called Best Sex Life Now, and uh, they talk openly and honestly about sexuality in marriage, uh, and, and there's not that much materials out there. So it, they have this, you can go to badchristian.com forward slash best sex life now, and you can check it out. It's a, it's a simple video series where a couple of people talk open and honestly and encourage that. It's a great thing to go through. And to be clear, it costs less than going to a uh, counselor. It costs less than finding counseling and going to even one session. So it's worth checking out. If you're married, if you feel like you don't have uh, the ability to talk about sex in your marriage, this thing is worth, this is worth checking out. It may be right for you. It may not. You can decide that. Badchristian.com forward slash best sex life now. Yeah, Thank I, you. I, I want on a side note, and this will be just for the Jacksonville people because you're the only people to see this, but I want... I think that I was talking to the guys today. I think that Good Lord. What, <laughs> most this will just be for you guys. But most uh I think most wives when they marry their husbands think that they married the grossest person in the whole world. <laughs> they always say that. Wives always go, "Oh, you are so nasty. You are so gross. Oh my gosh." And so today I was telling my wife I missed her and you guys will be able to see this. I said, "I miss you, babe." And I sent her a picture of that. <laughs> Okay, which so we'll, is, which we'll, is a watermelon that looks like yeah, we'll keep this in the episode. But it's a, a watermelon split halfway in the middle because it was bound by some right, it looks piece like of a string, booty or boobs, and it looks okay. like two giant boobs made of watermelon. Right, right. You I, definitely don't need the, this curriculum. And then I said, I hope you miss me too. And it was a kiwi fruit that looks like a hairy butt <laughs> or balls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she immediately her only response was gross. And then I sent her this, which is a tomato that has a little wiener. <laughs> can y'all can y'all see that? Can y'all see that? I don't know if it's that's it's big a enough, tomato. Yeah, yeah, it's a tomato with strategically. Yeah, it's awesome. I'm. I showed this to Matt. Matt, he's dying laughing. <laughs> so cool. It's awesome. My wife says, "Please stop it." That's all she says. <laughs> so that is the, what you and I tell her. What kind of woman are you to marry the grossest person you know? <laughs> well, they they like it. I mean, and she. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but does your wife not like it when she can find find a blemish on your neck, back, or cheek that she can pop? Yeah. Does she not for like sure. that? Yeah. Like a zit. And is that not like the that. grossest yeah. thing possible? And she's yeah, still attracted yeah, to it. Totally. One of the weirdest. One of the weirdest things about women. Totally, guys. We're having an awesome, awesome time with y'all, and we're gonna have even more fun after this break. So y'all take your time to use the restroom. Get some. Don't take your time. It's gonna be real quick. Yeah, real yeah. quick. We're gonna take a little intermission. Please use the restroom and get something to eat. I am uh, super excited about this ad uh, for a couple of reasons. One, because I love the band Silverstein. We've known them a long time, and they do similar style of music as us. And they have an album coming out, and it's called I Am Alive in Everything I Touch. Let's check out a new song from them. This one's called A Midwestern State of Emergency. Granted, I've said goodbye to my friends. I've thrown myself at first into this. Close the curtains. 
That's a Midwestern state of emergency from Silverstein. Their new record, I Am Alive in Everything I Touch. It'll be out on May 19th on Rise Records. We're going to hear some more songs from them in the coming weeks, we think. Well, I hope so. I'll be glad to listen to some more. I think you will, too. But right now, here's what you got to do. you got to go to SilversteinMusic.com and check out their pre-order stuff. They've got incredible stuff over there. We just had a few simple things for our pre-order. I went to their site. They've got these giant packages, vinyl, t-shirts, cassettes, awesome posters, tons of other... They, they, they did it right. They have a great pre-order. Everything from just a simple CD all the way up to everything you could ever imagine as a Silverstein thing. Coffee mugs, rings, hoodies, everything. Go to SilversteinMusic.com right now and find the right pre-order package for you. Jacksonville, you still having fun? Let's get back to it. Thank you for that. Okay, so... One of the main things this this great about having a live audience is being able to interact. We do so much talking that's just us. It's just us in a room. It's just us in a car. Just us over Skype or whatever it is. We got real people here, and we love to hear from you. And we don't ever know what the things are that you want us to talk about. Sometimes I think we talk too much about Christian culture or bash on the church or, yeah. you know, do you want to hear more stuff about music? We're lost on it sometimes, so we just do what we want to do. But... Tonight, I asked a few people, what do they want to talk about? I said, do we talk about the church too much? And somebody says, no, I work at a church. I love when you talk about the church. We can rant about that all day. So you're going to be on the spot now. Right. So, so we're going to take yeah. questions from the audience, but we're going to start with the person who, this is what's weird about it. I work at a church, and what I like is when you talk bad about the church, or talk about the church. <laughs> Okay, not bad, not bad about your church. She but said she could have some rants about the church. That's right, she said. which I think is is. But gr- please say your full name and the <laughs> church you work for, just so we know. <laughs> we, 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 we won't do we won't do that. But I tell you why I thought that was so interesting is because man, it's so cool that our audience and people are, are people that work at churches. Toby and Joey work at a church, and then they talk. We we do talk about church, and we do ask a lot of questions about it, and it doesn't all make sense to us, but we care about it. We're into it, and so I don't think at all people that work at churches that have problems with church are fake. I, don't, I think that's, that's a real struggle, and if anything that Bad Christian does is other people just resonate with us and, and the way that we struggle with the stuff that we're going through anytime. It's not that the stuff we're saying is that awesome. It's just when we say, when we say where we're at, people go, yeah, I feel that way too. It's not anything profound we're saying. So it would be great to hear from other people that go through the same stuff. So do you have p- possibly a question or a reflection? Would you be willing to? You don't have to say your name whatsoever. But would you go first? And then after that, we can talk about anything else y'all want to. We can have, take questions about anything at all. Because we'd love to make a lot of the show from here out about you guys. So, Toby, you want to do – what do you want yeah, to do with that mic? Yeah, I have I'm saying, the mic. Yeah, you have the mic, so you can toss mic. it or whatever. You have, the, you have a question that you want to start with? You want to be the first person? You, you have to be. She didn't so, say she had a question. No, no that's okay. <laughs> no, I know she didn't. No, no, I, no, it's okay. I'm just saying, like, could you, like you said, I, I could have lots of rants. So maybe you just say – It wasn't so much a rant. I was listening to you guys talk about 
the church uh, in the David Crowder episode. Uh huh. And I like was talking to you guys, but you couldn't hear me. <laughs> right. That's what I want to know. That, I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. We're in the exact right territory here. What is it when you're listening to us talk that you wish I you could say? Take you guys back to that place. Yeah. Let's go there. <laughs> um, I can't remember what. Oh, I can't remember what y'all are talking about though. Um, I think you guys were just talking about what really struck me. It was talking about how. Um, these different churches pop up and people end up, instead of reaching new people, it's just the uh-huh. same people that are cycling through. And that's just a recent rant that I have. Uh-huh. I, I work in a church and all right. I hear about is these new ch- churches popping up and people want to go there. And instead, and I think you were talking, oh, I know what it was. You were talking about a pastor who said something and he was like, oh yeah, they heard your, I have some people who went to your church and it was okay. Or something right, like they had that. a great time. Yeah, they had, had a, great a great time. time. Yeah. Yep. And so I just want to know. I don't know. That was just like the rant that I like enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that, you th- thank you for that. that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is we don't. I, yeah. We don't have the. I don't the... have a question. I just want to talk about that. <laughs> no, that's think, great. That's great. I think it is. I think it is I'm a reality. Rewarding. And here, the the reality isn't the problem as much as not acknowledging the reality is the problem. I don't think it's a problem. That I mean, honestly, when you look in the New Testament, most of the people that gathered for church in someone's house, they were Christians. So it wasn't necessarily, hey, every time we get together, there's got to be all sorts of different people there. I don't have a problem with the fact that on Sunday mornings, a lot of Christians get together. The only problem is we don't acknowledge the fact that all the churches are wanting a lot of people to be there. And when they see a bump in attendance, we want to say, oh, that's a lot of people that just found out about Jesus and came to him. No, it's a lot of people that just found out about the church. They just found out that, that you one. have a really good sound system. Your new worship leader is got a nice voice. Yes. Is what and, we're worried and, about. And here's something that you'll always hear us say, and that is, man, any church, uh, you know, obviously that's a um, exaggeration because I'm sure there's some exceptions, but almost any church, God is going to work through them. So we're not picking on the church from the standpoint of, oh yeah, it's all bull crap. I mean, the church that Toby and I are at, I mean, there's good stuff that's happening, certainly. Uh, But I do think the church needs to acknowledge, uh, there's a statistic and I don't know exactly uh, where it came from. I read it in a book, but I don't know how you come up with a statistic like this, but basically 40% of people in America are willing to go to church. So that means that every single church that you see on every corner in every neighborhood, they're competing. They wouldn't say they're competing, and most of them, I would say, aren't. They don't see it as competition, but they're going after the same 40%. And so it's just like, what about the 60% that will never step foot in a, in a church building? And I think that's what we really have to figure out. Do you think people are church shopping do you think that the churches play play into that, or something they could do different? Though, I mean, I don't, I don't know the answer there. Uh, it's really hard for me to say because I, I actually come from up north where there is not a lot of churches mm. at all. Like, there's maybe one or two Catholic churches here and there, and and I see I'm down south, and so I see like you know the same type of church, and you see twenty of them in one city, and it's just that's kind of frustrating me. And then they're all like bragging about, oh, we had this many baptisms this week or whatever and you don't really hear the stories and the follow-throughs of that and so um i don't know that's just kind of like i'm wondering why they're still hitting the same 40 percent yeah It, it is interesting as most as business goes in uh the world right now analytics and data are the number one thing like that's the biggest booming thing and the thing that's coming to every business and in church, what can we say? We can say conversions, seats, and baptisms. 
So I don't know, but it would be interesting to see the church not necessarily just adopt that. Like what we're going to do is more analytics and be more about the numbers. But the tendency will be that if we don't treat it, if we don't intentionally treat it differently, that would that would be the natural tendency. So interesting for sure. So questions from anybody else? I tell you what, this is like a kind of a predecessor to the news here. We have uh, our correspondent in the field. T- yeah. tonight. I'm out here. Toby Morrell. I'm out here with the common working man just doing it. We'll have him at the anchor desk a little bit later, but for right now we have Toby Morrell in the field, so if you'd like to uh, hobnob with him, raise your hand up and we'll take a question. I'm going to start back here. Here you go. Um, I know it's like a super theological thing, but I was just wondering how you guys um, like personally reconcile like like the whole thing with like Old Testament God versus New Testament God where Old Testament God's like murder all these people. And then New Testament, God's like, I love everyone. I was just wondering, like, that's something I think about. That's like weird. All right, we're going we're gonna to play a 30-second game, and that means that Matt has 30 seconds, I have 30 seconds, and Toby has 30 seconds. Toby, 30 seconds, and yours begins right now. I have to go first? Yep, go. Uh, I don't know if I reconcile it. I think that is humans trying to interpret what God was doing and some human influence there. And that's a really bad answer. It's probably not going to satisfy anybody. I, and I am a lot different probably than Joey. Maybe Matt's closer to me. God can do whatever he wants. So if today he wants to hit everybody in the head with a baseball bat or pee on you, <laughs> you have to say you're God. If tomorrow he wants to love you, All right, he's 30 God. Seconds Time. Um, so for me, as I'm looking at this 30 seconds, I would say that God does not change, but what you have to realize is in the Old Testament, he was doing any and everything to make sure Jesus comes through a certain lineage. So a lot of the villages and people that he wiped out, men and sons and daughters, it was because these people were cannibals. They were doing anything to hunt down and kill the Christians. And for him, it was just like, if I don't do away with them completely, then... My people are in jeopardy, and so is Jesus from coming. So that's just one tiny sphere of it. You did just yep. ask Zero. a former <laughs> science teacher that thinks a rocket could hurt the sun. Go ahead, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> that that was the most that was the most words I've ever heard Joey say in thirty seconds. I know it's he was lazy. He was ready for that one. <laughs> He's excited. Right, start my time. Yep. Go. All right. So I didn't like Joey's answer at all, but <laughs> Joey answered that question in the car today to me earlier. So I'm going to tell you the answer that I heard from him earlier that I liked, and that is, he said he sat down, read the whole Bible, and thinking along those lines, and said he was shocked, reading the Old Testament, how much he saw that God loved the people, and it pained him when this happened, it pained him when this happened. So, I think I think that's a good answer. I think maybe sometimes it's, it's too easy to jump to, oh, that's this, and that's this, and that's the big headline, and that's what the people will quote or say. There's a lot of love of God in the Old Testament as well. That's your time. Good job. Nice right. work. Nice question. All right, here we go right here. Well, it's, it's, some, it's something about that. Um, there's there's one thing that I've, I guess, um, heard, heard like answers from people. Um, the Old Testament, it's kind of like... Are you teaching what? us right now? Or are you yeah, gonna yeah, ask yeah. Question? Okay. It's no, like, you are teaching us. <laughs> no, I'm not. This is just an answer that I, that I was given to. Um, Old Testament's more like 2,000 or whatever years of, of writings, right? Or... Uh, Thousand and six hundred or whatever. A lot more history yeah. than New Testament. New Testament's like just Jesus uh, a little lives over a hundred years. Bit after. Yeah. Yep. So we don't see a lot of stuff like that happening in New Testament because it's small. And I think if I think I don't think God's done anything like the Old Testament since 
But Except for Ananias and Zephyrus dropping dead for stealing a little bit. Okay, of money. yeah, so that's malt. But if it was a thousand in, in six hundred years, maybe you see more of that in the Bible. I think it's the same throughout. It's just so you're saying God kills people no matter what. He, he, <laughs> now, nah, um, good point. There, there's a good book too. Um, um, it's got a uh, moral monster um, from Paul. Something awesome. It's a, Thanks, it's a good dude. book, and you should. And awesome. <laughs> And that was the David Bad Christian podcast. Thank you, guys. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for asking David the question. Oh, my gosh. Oh, did somebody have a question? Uh, I thought, All right, right, next All right, one. Next Sorry. one. Uh, I guess maybe I could direct this more at uh, Joey. What's up, since dude? You're a pastor, um, since I'm a pastor, <laughs> since he's America's, a sex ed teacher, America's opinion of pastors. Well, since he's the pastor, <laughs> so I I won't really. I, I guess I'll just ask the question without any backstory. Right? Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I guess one thing I'm really kind of dealing with right now, and I, I got a lot of questions about, is is just things in regard to like bitterness and reconciliation. Yeah. And as far as like. Dealing with somebody um, you know in the church and stuff that has done something pretty messed up um, and just dealing with the reconciliation with with that person and also where where they are in the church, they have a position in the church oh, and yeah. stuff like that, so they're sort of a representative, and where the line is between like uh you know should there be some what of discipline? for certain actions or, you know, like, um, or just total forgiveness and being like, Hey, you know what? We're all sinners and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. And I think, I think you don't have, you don't have a pro I would imagine you don't have a problem with him wronging you as much as him wronging you from that position and nothing's been done. Am I, am I hearing you correctly? I get, well, because I think, uh, I, I mean, as as Christians in the church, we have to acknowledge the fact that at every single level of authority, whatever you want to call it, people are going to wrong each other. That's never right. going to go away because we're all like, Jesus, we need you to lead this thing. Yeah. So we have to establish that. Um, as far as reconciliation, you know, with some, you know, there's just all, I mean, we could talk about this for hours. There's so many can, different can, variables. Can we, uh, okay, so obviously you said no backstory, and we totally understand there is a backstory. Also, the yes. things that you said to us are co- unbelievably vague. So let's see, and I'm not making fun, but let's let's no. let's see if we can narrow down just a little bit because well, I don't know. I wasn't know if sure if I could be specific or not. I, I mean, I'm I don't, okay with it. I just don't. You know what I mean? I don't is know. This, this story about Joey doing something as a pastor <laughs> to you. <laughs> what what I'm saying? I, I, what? So the, did you hear that one? Clearly, you Good don't have Lord. to name any names or or, no. or anything like that. But but what I don't understand uh, what you're saying uh, is the is the issue or, or what the person's position on the issue is. Could you well, could you clue us in there? Could we not just get some details well, like it, that? That's whatever. I don't understand even. It's aunt, just pretty obvious. Someone wronged him. They're in a leadership position and nothing's been well, done. Ro- no somebody wronged you. That, I mean, that's really vague. It's obviously big enough for him to still be upset yeah. about well, it right could now. Could you get? Could could you clue us in on what is the wrong? I mean, that, that's a yeah, very okay. broad. Uh, this, okay, so the person actually is my ex-wife, and so the okay. the wronging is is the fact that we got a divorce. She left me. She decided she was just done being married. Okay. Um, you know, I no infidelity or anything crazy like that. She's just like, oh, I'm done with this marriage thing. Um, so there's a lot of bitterness I'm dealing with mm-hmm. in regards regards to that. Understandably. Like she works at the church and stuff. She's got this position of authority and everything. 
uh, but there's sort of been, it's just sort of been one of those things. I feel like this has just sort of been like, look the other way, shoved under the rug or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and then she's somebody that, you know, I'm not saying like banish her from the church or whatever, but it's sort of like, it, it's sort of been like a non-issue. All right. Know? So you, if I'm hearing you correctly, you've yeah. been, you've, you, from your point of view, you've been wronged by an individual. Right. And do you, what I'm asking you is, do you feel like you've been wronged by the church itself in the, in some other failure there? In a, in a sense too. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've talked to Katie here like about it. Like I, I really haven't, there's been very few people that have come up and said like, you know, like, you know, Hey man, like as far as people that work in the church, you go to this church. Yeah. I go to the church. Yeah. Okay. Um, Like the, you know, the head pastor, I, he didn't even say. No, I I really understand that. And I'm sorry about that. And we discussed some of this stuff earlier today. A big problem that we can, that I will, that I'm not afraid to acknowledge is one of the problems that churches have is extreme passivity. So what's really likely is that your head pastor, the other people that are co-workers with her, the other people that are friends with y'all, they're afraid to acknowledge or see confrontation because what it could mean, what it could be, what could happen. And that's at your expense in this case. Pretty much, yeah. So so on one hand, they are trying – they 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 have good intentions, but it, it fails individuals there for what they would see as as the greater good. But it, but it's being passive. It's being they would even say it's being nice or trying right. to to take care of something that, that like they see it as good. So it's not a malicious wronging against you, but based on the institutional nature of what exists there, right? You, an individual, is harmed. Right. I so think, that's that's what I see is going on. I think another thing that kind of it kind of sucks just from the situation is the fact that because there's this passiveness, uh, a lot of people, and I see this with a lot of issues with just in, within the church, is that there's not enough like openness, so people tend to jump to conclusions and make up their own stories. So there's a lot of ways, like th- things and ways people have been acting towards me that I've kind of noticed have been kind of weird and off, almost like they've made up this story in their mind about because they clearly don't see me and um, my ex-wife going to church together um, anymore or doing, you know, doing things together. And they see her, and she's like, um, they think, oh, yeah, she does this in the church, and, you know, she's great and wonderful, all this stuff. So clearly he... It must be your fault. Yeah, like he did something wrong. Yeah. And it's, it's just bred out of the fact that there's not that kind of... Yeah, I would say, too, going along, adding on to Matt's comment, that passivity hurts the church because it doesn't even help you like and because for example i don't know you you might be the worst husband in the history of all creation and she might have a point i just don't know you know what i'm saying i I believe you and i'm kind of making a little bit of joke there but i don't know y'all situation i don't know what you're like as a husband i don't know like she's like with as a wife and what i do know is that marriage is supposed to be it lasts and you get through it for better for worse and that's the point of it for better, for worse, and that we are supposed to be in uh, community with each other. And so I think it does such a disservice when, it, for example, if it was, if this isn't true, just an example here, or uh, idea of if it was all your fault, they still aren't helping you. They're not doing anything to, the big words, disciple you or help you. So what does that mean? Is everybody just scared to face that we fuck up? 
Is that the? I mean, can't we just say that? I mean, seriously, like it's okay. The one of the most normal things in the world is to sin, and I do that all the time against my wife, against my family, against my friends. I do that all the time, and it hurts them. It hurts my relationship with God. I do that all the time. We need the relationship. That's why we, God created man and woman for community, more than just one human. Um, it would have just been Adam there with God, and that would have been great and all that stuff. But he said, hey, you know what? Throw a crazy loop here. You guys need each other, too. You guys need each other, too. That's why we congregate in churches together. We're stronger together uh, you know, than, than we are alone, and that is what I don't understand is even if you were totally in the wrong, couldn't somebody just walk up to you and love you by saying, dude, you were totally in the wrong. That's the issue. Let's work this out because we're here for you. No matter how bad you – but nobody's even doing that. So that's what bothers me is that even if it was your fault, we're not going to help you? You're not yet. dealing with it one way or the other. I mean, other. no. is everybody just so scared just to have some balls or, or Tell a big old vagina or, or whatever you want to say and just talk to people? Just just talk to people on a real level. Don't be scared. I appreciate your equality there. I'm trying to be equal. <laughs> equal. Equal. So, so I, I apologize. I, I, you know how many times I've been passive, and, I, and I'd like for you to look at it this way. How many times have you been passive? You, you know what I mean? Like It is, it is the easier way to, to be. There's, there's very few people that walk around that aren't guilty of like, I'm going to stay away from this. Now, when you get a big institution and culture together and a bunch of people do it, it can cause harm. And I, I apologize on behalf of my uh, complicity in that in my past for that. So I'm sorry that you're going through that. It is a consequence of where we're at right now. But I, I want to say uh, one thing outside of, of all of this and the, the church aspect and the relational aspect. There, there's a part of all this that you're talking about that can only be dealt with between you and God. And that is, you know, there, there's some stuff that's going on in your heart that no one else can fix other than you and God. And I'm not saying that, you know, talking to, was it Katie? I'm sorry. Talking to Katie or, or a close brother or whoever couldn't help in that process. But there's probably healing that has to be done in your heart or else you're never going to be free from this. You know what I'm saying? But All right, we must have a lighter question next. Thanks for asking that, though, man. That's good. But thank you from that. We'll get back. We'll go light. We can go back heavy if we have to. <laughs> um, you Aaron. guys are all Packers fans, right? Yeah, baby. Uh, Des Bryant, divisional playoff, catch or no catch? Well, no, no, I'm going to answer be that honest, one. Be honest. I'm going to answer that because I'm the longest uh, Packer fan out of these three guys. Okay, it was... No, here, here's the thing. It was a horrible rule. The NFL had a rule that disqualified that from a catch. So if you're a ref to do your job, you have to make the correct call on the field. The refs did that. It's a bad rule. So the rule's bad. Dallas should have won that game. I hate saying that. But the refs called the right call. So if you're a Packer fan and they called the wrong call, they'd be like, well, wait a second. It's a stupid rule, but it's a rule. you got to call it right. So what happened at the end of that game should have happened. And here's the thing that you stupid Cowboy fans don't realize. All right? If he would have caught the ball and scored a touchdown, you're giving A-Rod five minutes to still win the game. You guys would have lost anyway. Yeah. All right? All right. My point of view on that, real simple, is you got to reward the athletic effort. So I hate when there's some unbelievable athletic play and a rule negates it across the board. Anything where somebody doesn't unbelieve – rules that are in place that penalize or don't reward an unbelievable athletic move are counter to what we want to see in sports. So I, I, I go with Des all the way. Unbelievable. Yeah, I totally – I, 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 I really 
I, I totally 100% think it was a catch, 100% suck at Cowboys. That's just the way it goes, for sure. Also, I do have a theory, and I, I, I've said this to my friends. but I, I got really, your back with this theory. I too. really do believe this, and I, this isn't me joking or anything. I believe there was a demon spirit that attacked... <laughs> Called the, and it happened with the Detroit Lions the game before. So this is the weirdest thing to me. I watched out how all this play out. So Dallas is playing Detroit. That crazy non-call on pass interference yep. where Dallas ends up winning and, and Detroit should have won. So th- immediately the curse happened. So then Dallas goes It's like to, final to, destination. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you exactly. get one, you're going to get yours. 100%. Dallas goes to Green Bay. A weird call against Dez. That's the strangest thing in the world. We win. Green Bay goes to Seattle. We dominated unbelievable. The last three minutes, all hell breaks loose. I mean, the worst Final possible thing in the history of Green Bay Packers, me watching and remembering. I, could, I mean, I've never seen a thing collapse like that. Then Seattle in the Super Bowl, yeah. final play, uh, uh, interception. I mean, it was a, I believe fully it was a curse from that first, it was part, the, from that it, first the, Detroit the playoff NFC game. It was opened the, the door to a demon. Yeah, yeah it was I the, mean, it, it, NFC it, demon. Yeah, <laughs> NFC demon. <laughs> NFC demon. <laughs> All right, what else do we All have right. in the field? Yeah, we got any more? question over here. Okay, this will be more for Matt and Toby. All right. I saw you guys in Jacksonville several years ago at Jackrabbits, and afterwards I, I interviewed Devin, uh-huh. and after it was over, he actually talked to me and my friend and said, hey, I want you to pray about something for us. He said that I don't know if it was an interview maybe or a CD review. This guy had asked, or could he do it for a magazine? And the magazine was like Penthouse or something. And he was saying you guys were like making a decision on it. That was like, a long to time tell ago. That guy. And I was just wondering, what was the decision? I think he said y'all had to say like the next day. And just what was that process like, trying to weigh the... Whether or not what, that we like, would allow a, uh, a review or some interview with us to be published in Penthouse magazine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I remember no, the story's that. a little bit weird. It was actually they wanted us to pose nude and play girl. Yeah. <laughs> and you said yes. We did it. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. No, somebody, they, they got want, my good side. Penthouse was going to do potentially a, a review or an interview with us or whatever and it, to, to come out. And here, so... I've checked every single episode since. <laughs> it never come out. I, I mean, I have a subscription. I check yeah. it every you single. You read week. it for the inter for yeah. the interviews. I'm and just the waiting to see when the article comes out. I haven't seen it yet, so I think it may be you know October 2015 or whatever. Yeah. But. No, uh, I believe it was. It might have been John Dunn at the time. Whoever somebody sent us that penthouse might want to do an interview with us about music or whatever, and. It never happened. It, it never happened. But uh, for sure, I wouldn't have cared. I, I just wouldn't have. I wouldn't have cared. It wasn't like I was going to do an interview with naked women. I wouldn't have done that. But uh, I, I actually don't care if somebody wants to interview me about our music. Then I'll do it because, I mean, they probably it probably would have been a good interview. We do a lot of really shitty bad interviews, and and uh, so a good interview would be nice. And and I, I just don't care. You're assuming that the, their journalism and people that would have writing for a magazine like that would be. Good. I'm serious. No, maybe they wouldn't be. No, they no, might not no, be. They, they do. Like they like for right. instance that the joke about Playboy having good articles is based in the fact that they have really good articles. Right. Like they have good. They have obviously money 
to spend or whatever. So if you want to hire right. somebody good to do good stuff, that, that those, right? But that the problem is, who could we tell? To read that interview, <laughs> you know what I mean, we, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't tell anybody to go to their site to read that interview, you but I would. The dudes that eyes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I wouldn't have cared. I, I, that stuff that bothered me. I actually read an article recently where it said Lecrae, a Lecrae song was played at a strip club, yeah. and I don't, sure, I don't think yeah. he actually cared or anything like that. I, I'm not sure, but it was played, at, uh, and I thought, yeah, I mean, what if if anywhere in the world you have an opportunity to say something and potentially the gospel get said or preached or something do it i mean that that that's probably where it should be right i mean i, I mean yeah. he like doesn't have to be there in person or anything like but i mean it, it should be you, you would want the gospel yeah. in the worst possible place on earth yeah. for sure so and that not that that is but i'm just saying that for sure so all right that is interesting though that Devin asked you to pray for that yeah it is yeah all right uh yeah who else has a question you guys are doing really good right beside you Okay, so I'll preface by letting you know that I'm a super huge Emory fangirl. Thank many you. Years now, many years. Um, but I've also come to appreciate how candid you guys are in talking about your faith and everything. Right yeah. on. So, little bit of a rant slash your opinion here. I was born and raised Catholic, been Catholic my whole life, denomination of Christianity, and along the lines of churches shopping around. As I have friends who are of non-denominational Christian churches or other churches, they'll say, hey, will you come to this event? I go, and they're like, oh, you're Catholic. Well, how about you think about joining us? And I get so much pressure when I visit these other churches, and a lot of them are new pop-up churches, to leave the tradition I'm in to come to what I'm looking at is almost a pop culture Christianity. I mean, I went to one where there was a fog machine and like a light show. And they were like, you should come here. And they didn't really give me a reason other than they have a good time. Like, what do you think about that? And being raised, you know, I've been raised in Christianity my whole life, just a denomination of Catholicism. And I get a lot of the pop-up churches, if I go to visit with a friend, they'll be like, oh, come join us, come do this. I find it weird to get pressured to join a different denomination of Christianity or to leave the Christianity I've known. And just a, as a quick note, do they ever come to your Catholic church? And- no. <laughs> I will tell you that right. I invited each person. I'll be like, hey, you should come and join in this, see the tradition, see what I'm a part of, how I was raised, what shaped me. They never come. Yeah, never. I, I think that's really true for sure. Yeah. Well, the, there's the looming sense that, uh, I mean, on one hand, we discussed earlier that Christian churches somewhat uh, compete for the same people. They want you to go to the one that's better this or better that or, what, you know, they they know that's going on. But when the Catholic thing comes up, they, I get this real sense that there's an assumption that they need you to come to their church because you're not a Christian. We're the black sheep. Right. Like, it, like it's almost a deeper level of why you need to come. It's not like we'll take some more people because we like our church. It's almost like... Since you don't know Jesus or anything, because you're Catholic. Since my Catholic Catholic school upbringing. That's why it's actually really imperative that you visit one one of our evangelical churches. And so I think that's part of what's going on that feels maybe even worse than jumping from evangelical church to church kind of thing. So I think that's what's going on. And... And I don't know, because in some ways, I think the Catholic Church is, uh, 
I do think that there's a ton of people in the Catholic tradition, and maybe you admit this, maybe you wouldn't, um, and I could be wrong, but I do think there's a lot of people in the Catholic tradition that that are only about the tradition, that maybe don't have any relationship with Jesus. I think that does exist. I completely agree. I think however, it's really wrong to assume that because somebody's Catholic, that's the case. Here in the South, however. you're going to find a lot of, I won't say the denomination of Christianity, but we are in the Bible Belt. Here in the South, you're going to find certain other denominations where it's all about they're in church every Sunday. I'm right. here every Sunday. You see me. I go to all of this. And they're terrible people. Uh-huh. It's across the board. It really yeah. is. And I, I think that we would all be better off just as Christians in our minds just saying people need Jesus, period. And assuming that there's people in the Catholic Church that don't have Jesus. Assuming there's people in the Baptist Church that don't have Jesus. Assuming everywhere we go there's That's people right. that do and don't have Jesus. And just forget about Catholicism and being Baptist and Presbyterianism and all that stuff. I mean, I, I'm not saying that denominations are a bad thing. I think, honestly, though, that they're probably a result of the fall. And and just not not like denominations were birthed in the Garden of Eden, but I don't think that if we weren't dealing with a sinful nature, it's just a given. We wouldn't need to be in these different sects of of Christianity. So, yeah, I I, I, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. There there's really bad people in all, and they do that. And I agree with Matt that I think most people think Catholicism, not Christianity, and and with all of that. And so I I would say. Uh, the, the the danger there is that's why I want to point that out is that nobody will even try. I know so I know several at the very least very uh, awesome Christians who are Catholic and who live their life out the right way and really do have a relationship with Christ. And so I just hate it when we just assume something. And I have a I mean we we've, we've been talking about this with some good friends who are way smarter than us. There is a there. I really do believe there's going to be a big migration back to Catholicism or, or mainline churches, Presbyterian, Episcopal, all that right. stuff, where tradition matters. Like I, I think we naturally uh, enjoy traditions, and it, it does recreate things in our mind. A lot. Same as take spiritualness out of it. How many people love uh, going to a football game and singing their song that they've sang for 100 years or, oh, yeah. or, you know, you know, oh, this is where they come out and touch Howard's rock at Clemson or whatever, you know, it might be like the traditions are, are somewhat important. They are They're, I mean, we do that. We all get together on July 4th for some reason. And, you know, maybe you don't even do it the right way or whatever, but you get off work or, you know, whatever it might be. There is a something in you that resonates with that tradition and i think that's okay i mean taking the sacraments and doing those things are important to who we are and helping us remind us oh this has been done for years and years and years and years and it it can be important and i'm going to take this moment and be present in this moment to acknowledge god good good prediction on the the tradition thing i think you'll see a a large i agree very much yeah i I do i I mean our, our good friend i'll give him credit jack hoy which he might not want me to, but just talks about the idea of tradition being so important. He works at our church and that uh, people w- really resonate with that. And one of the, the disadvantages of newer churches and evangelical churches and non-denominational churches, they don't have traditions. So what's going to happen when people really do want that? The traditions they have of smoke and lights and stuff like that, is that going to really hold true? You know what I mean? Like you, you might really want to come back and everybody read a scripture together. But that smoke uh, is to confuse the demons that are trying to stop. Uh, what you are right. Doing. 
You are so right. And it does. Smoke up. It does. Those demons flee. Laser light shows scare demons. There there really is a tremendous amount of confusion uh, in Christianity right now. And it's like, it's, it's a huge problem because. There's the evangelical, there's the Catholic kind of thing, and, and there's the fundamentalist, and then there's the liberal, and there's the mainline. And the and, people that hold the snakes. And the people that hold the snakes. It is, it is confusing, and there's a complete spirit of confusion. I really believe in Christianity right now, and there's only one way to counteract confusion. Yeah, with truth. The moment you have waited for, Jacksonville. In a world where you're in a city that probably hates science and doesn't recycle and their NFL team is just depressing, my name is Toby Morrell. I'm here to bring the truth and bring some joy to this city. You guys ready for it? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for your segment. The uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are responsible for one quarter of all landfill space in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I like that, Matt. All right, I thought this first one, we fly a ton, and uh, I don't really, I, I don't even know if I actually like the people that work for TSA or if they are actually qualified. I don't think, it just, they don't make me feel safe when they're doing the things that they're doing at all. But uh, TSA, I thought this was very interesting. TSA, this comes from USA Today. TSA employees fired for manipulating scanners so they could grope hot male passengers. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Two TSA screeners at Denver International Airport, where marijuana is legal, were fired for manipulating the passengers. Was that in the article? No, it was not. Okay. <laughs> were fired for manipulating the passenger screening system to allow one male screener to full-on grope attractive male passengers in their genital areas. According to CBS4 investigation, the pair was caught after an unidentified TSA employee notified the agency of the unnecessary pat-downs. The agency investigated and determined that the male TSA screener, the groper is what they're calling him, would signal a female accomplice when a good-looking passenger was approaching the security area. When the traveler went through the full-body scanner, the accomplice would press the button designating the passenger as a female. As a result, the machine would detect an anomaly in the passenger's genital area, and the groper would then tell the passenger that he would have to undergo an additional screening. So do you think Lecrae's album Anomaly? (laughs) (laughs) No, man. No, man. Okay, so what what they've done here is be able to figure out a way to, to manipulate that system. Right. To just... To, the guy's getting to grope, and he has the female accomplice there. Yeah, I, you know, was it? I guess it's just to know in that that people will do whatever they can, and like no matter what you ever want to say, the root thing that's really driving people so much is just stupid, goofy sexuality stuff. Yeah, it's so low brow, and I mean, I, like I said, we get accused of it, but it it kind of gets reaffirmed all the time for me that, like, at baseline, when people are just working and doing their thing, it just goes to dumb sex stuff. Like, oh, I'm going to grope this for one second. I'm going right. to see this. or like, It's just weird. Well, okay, well, I want to take a, a little bit of a survey. If you think that this is really bad and a big-time crime, boo right now, Jacksonville. <laughs> boo. 
I don't think they think it's that big of a deal. I think they think it's two friends going, ooh, here comes a guy, but he has a big schlong. Beep, 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 yeah. beep. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It just goes low, bro. Now, I mean, it's and just... you know why also? Because it's a dude. If this would have been a female and two guys go, hey, bro, man, I'm going to check your genitals, everybody probably would be a little bit more upset. Guys, I don't oh, think yeah, people yeah. feel that bad for yeah. a guy getting his wiener touch. Sure. Because the guy's probably touching it. Almost forty six hours of you know or 20, 23 hours of a twenty four hour day. So so my my point is forty six out of forty eight. Yeah, sorry, I was going to say that two days. I was going for two days there, and I realized. But I actually do think that I don't know if this is that big of a deal, and I don't know if anybody really cares that much. Nobody really booed. So a couple of people booed. You don't want to get groped. I can understand that. My wife would be probably upset if some girl was groping me in the TSA line or something like that. I would be upset. So your wife would. I you would wouldn't a, yeah. care that much. She'd be like, well, that's kind of I mean, weird. That proves your point, kind of. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, if you found out, like, if I Are told you. Are you done? You, hey, I'm here all day. Whatever you need. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to comply. No, but but seriously, if you found out, if I was right. like, hey, I checked. They, they had that story. I ran the cameras. I mean, you were one of the ones when we came through Denver last time. You like, it happened to you. You do you, would you feel even violated? You just go, eh. No, that's what I was gonna say is I would be so honored if I was one of the hot guys. <laughs> It'd be like the first time in my life. If I I, I swear I wish I would have gone through Denver and been groped. I'd be like, holy shit. Two people thought I was hot enough to touch me. That's never happened. Yes, I'm down with it. That would be amazing. I mean, if you think about all the sad men, they're like, I was there. I didn't get groped. I wasn't one of the hot ones. Pass right through. It yeah. changes with age, though, right? Because I took a group of high schoolers to uh, New York City for some intermission work, and in the subway, an older dude uh, grabbed a younger boy's butt in the subway, and it really, really messed with his head. I mean, you would say that's probably a different situation, or should he have been happy that a hot man grabbed his butt as well? Yeah, I mean, that's awful, and you just totally destroyed. Yeah. All right. It's just the worst possible sad news. add-on yeah. comment. Awesome. Yeah. Well, let's end the news. Like, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, you really <laughs> is like, damn. Now it actually is damn. There's dude. a lot of smiles yeah. in the audience. Nobody's right smiling at your comment. I'm just saying. <laughs> that is, that is a, so clearly why it's not... I'm Joey, and this is the damn news <laughs> for sure, my friend. That, I mean, Toby has a light joke about all this, and Joey is, yeah, but child molestation is bad. <laughs> yeah. Right? R thanks for ringing okay. us back. <laughs> hey, this world is falling, though. <laughs> my Lord. All right, this comes from NBC. I, I thought this was just uh, I, I, uh, crazy in, in the times we live in because also Joey has met his insurance deductible so now he gets how many massages and chiropractic visits do you go to a week when I'm home the whole week two of each <laughs> two massages <laughs> two chi I mean we've talked about his bad body I mean he met his deductible and he's living it up but there are people out there that don't have insurance right and it is tough and lots you know, of them there, there, there are so many people on each side of uh, you know, healthcare and what it is, Obamacare, all that stuff. And don't, so, don't make me seem to be so special. It was like a six thousand dollars. You're a drain so. on the system, yeah, sir. Thank you. <laughs> What's the story? Yeah. Uh, escaped prisoner turns himself in after 39 years for the healthcare. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Ronnie Dickinson, I love that. Just Ronnie Dickinson of Frankfort, Kentucky, turned himself into authorities with an incredible story. Sheriff's officials said Tuesday. His name isn't Ronnie Dickinson. He's been a fugitive for 
for nearly 39 years, and he wants to go back to prison for the health care. Um, Clarence David Moore, 66, uh, called the Franklin County Sheriff's Office on Monday and said he wanted to turn himself in, uh, the sheriff's office said. When deputies arrived, they found Moore, who'd been living in Frankfurt since 2009 and had ID'd, ID'd himself as Ronnie Dickinson, partially paralyzed and unable to walk because of a recent stroke. He was arrested and taken by ambulance to a hospital and examination before uh, the Franklin County Regional Jail. Um, the sheriff said that Tuesday morning that Moore said he had escaped from the Henderson County, North Carolina prison unit in the mid-1970s and had been on the lam for almost four decades. But as he got sicker, he couldn't get medical coverage to pay for his complications for a stroke because he was under an alias. Right. And so he said, forget it. I'm turning myself in. And I'm I'll get to live the high of. life in jail. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's incredible. And, and it's something that we've talked about before. And I don't remember even where the idea came from. But here's what you got to do. And this is a sadder version of this. But the happier version of this would be, at, as you get older, you don't have insurance. Right. Uh, you don't have a lot of money. You're going to be a drain on your own family. So what you need to do from the age of 45 to 65 is plot a massive financial crime. So you should do this. Think about it. If you're 45 to 65, you plot yep. a massive financial crime that could set you and your family and your heirs up for a really, really long time. And so if you're able to pull this crime off, you, you'll be set, whatever this crime is. And if you fail, then you will... Go into custody, and you will be taken care of by the system for the rest of your life and not be a drain on your family. I love it. Uh, In jail, if you're an older person, you're immediately respected. Nobody's going right. to really mess that's with right. you or all that stuff. You I commit mean, the you, crime uh, on your 70th uh, birthday. You tell your family you love them. It might it, work out to everybody's benefit, or you might get taken I care of. It's not like you have gangs in jail that are mad at the old dude. No, yeah. You're yeah. going to be fine they love either the way. Old dude. That's what I'm saying. So either you get away with it, you make tons of money, or you go to jail and don't cause your family to have That's to pay right. for health care at, at a home or something like that. Yeah, That's right. Definitely. That's all our plan. I mean, we need to hold each other no, no, accountable. No, I'm to that. shooting yeah. to actually make a retirement plan so as many people as can join the BC Club will help me to avoid an elderly life of crime. So that's what I do advocate to help keep me out of prison. But otherwise, I, it's not looking that good for me. And at some point, I'll have to start plotting the financial crime of the century. Do you think you'd be worried if you did that crime that you would go to hell? No. no. Oh, Jesus didn't die for stealing a bunch of money? I mean, I used to think that. Like, no matter what, like, if you committed a crime and died in the car, you would go to hell. Oh, yeah, that. I did, too. I thought if you just cussed. <laughs> now, yeah. I'm de if that's true, I'm definitely going to hell. Yeah, you don't, you don't have any chance Dev at all. Devin said he used to make sure to say a blessing before he chewed gum <laughs> for, for that similar logic. Lord, please bless this hubba bubba. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we were going to talk about this tonight. We didn't get that much into it, but I thought this was kind of an interesting story, and it comes from uh, WLOX uh, News Channel 13. Woman arrested for threatening police officers on Facebook. And, you know, mm -hmm. with everything going on with cops and the black community and, what you know, potentially white on black crime, um, this comes from East Point, Georgia. A woman was arrested in southwest Atlanta Tuesday after threatening police officers on Facebook. East Point police said Ebony Monique Dickens, whose name is, is Tiffany Milan. <laughs> she, <laughs> she changed her name to Tiffany. I mean, Ebony Monique Dickens is an awesome name, but she was like, hell no, I'm Tiffany Milan. <laughs> on Facebook, posted the following message on social media site, and I didn't know this. She said, all black people should rise up and shoot every white cop 
in the nation, start, in the nation, <laughs> starting now, all caps, I condone black on white killings. Hell, they condone crimes against us. I've thought about shooting every white cop I see in the head until I'm either caught by the police or killed by them. Ha! I think I can pull it off. Might kill at least 15 tomorrow. I'm plotting now. They reading this shit, too, right now. Freedom of speech, though. When you, so when you can absolutely show me the First Amendment where it explicitly says you can't say kill all cops, then I'll delete my status. Other than that, nope. Death to all white cops nationwide. So that's our, which is pretty interesting when you're watching like a cat playing with a ball of yarn in your Facebook feed, and then you saw that. But... <laughs> Here's the best part. Dickens was taken into custody about 9.30 p.m. after Atlanta police told East Point police about the post. She was being held at the East Point jail charged with dissemination of information related to terroristic threats. Wow. So she went to... I mean, no First Amendment, whatever. She... The dissemination of information. How, related how long to was it? You said nine thirty. How long was it that that, that took? To, to they do? didn't say when she put it up there, but I think it was within with, hours. With, yeah. It was the same day. Wow. And so yeah, she posted it earlier, and then she went to jail. She was like, "Nope, you can't, you can't. I can say whatever I want to say because of her f- freedom of speech. Uh, a speech, yeah. <laughs> speech. But you can't say whatever you want to say. Like if no, you say yeah, I'm you going can't. to kill the president, you get in trouble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she, you cannot. She, yeah. She misunderstands some of the law there, and but I mean. The worst part about it that she acknowledged the the Constitution there and said the ha like it's a joke and all that. That makes it really right. I mean, it's not like she just ran her mouth off. She she was challenging the that in itself. I think she just had a fundamental misunderstanding of what uh, what it is. And then the weirdest part is that the the charge is always vague in something like that. So right. say that charge again: dissemination of information related to terroristic threats. Yeah. So, so. But I mean, everybody would be okay if uh, not okay. But everybody understands that if there was uh, a, t- a terrorist mm-hmm. saying stuff on Facebook that they were going to kill cops, totally, you would go to jail. Yeah. The, I think the lesson on some of that is that it, it is the truth that you, if you do something obnoxious enough. You'll, you'll pay for it. Like, they'll figure out a charge. I'm not saying yeah, that's yeah, yeah. way irrelevant. It's in, the, it's in the realm there. But that that's not a constitutional thing. They just ha- used a charge. Uh, resisting arrest is a charge. Dis- disorderly conduct is a charge. Uh, reckless driving is a charge that, I mean, that is very vague in how it can be applied. So bottom line is, and people do mostly understand this, if the cops want to get at you, they will find a way to. Now, my question is, do y'all think she really meant this? Was she just writing something on her Facebook page and thought it was innocent? Like, do you think she really hoped she woke up the next morning and every white cop in America was dead? No, I don't, she think, didn't mean I that. don't think she meant it. Yes, it, she I don't was think just, she meant it. Honestly. She was just showing out. Right? Yeah, I, I, mean, I think they being, made a lesson yeah. out of it. I do not think she actually meant it. I really right. don't. Now, but should what, they what, have made a lesson out of it or just let it go? What That's if, the thing I wonder. What if she? What if the next morning she goes on an unbelievable rampage of killing a bunch of people? And they're or, just or like, worse we yet, taken somebody else serious. did it. You and, saw and it on Facebook, should have taken it serious. Everybody would be super mad that, that they yeah. did it. Hey, you realize that she was insane when she put that on Facebook. You should have done something about it. So That's right. I can see both sides. Man. I agree. I, I just think it's ridiculous that, come on, people. Facebook is not the place to put your innermost angry desires. 
things. I mean, it's just crazy. People are putting all sorts of stuff on Facebook, but honestly, there's no way of stopping it, so we have to start viewing Facebook differently. Here's here's how I look at Facebook, is if you're going to go on rants about these uh, political opinions, start a blog. And then go to your Facebook page and say, hey, I wrote some thoughts. Here's a link. That way people can decide, hey, I'm going to go to that link to read what that person writes. Man, people don't want to hear all that stuff, man. It's, it's, it's annoying. And me being a pastor of a church, there's a lot of people that go to our church that you and I read stuff. We're like, why did they just put that on Facebook? So it's pretty crazy. That's my rant. Go so, to my blog. So right. you and so you as a pastor, just is more about the censorship of stuff, especially as it re- <laughs> relates to you and your church. I, yeah. I just think people aren't embarrassed by it, and they really are a little bit unaware that it's just my friends reading this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and then it something becomes huge news because when you put something on the internet, it stays. Somebody takes a screenshot of it or whatever, and it's there for good. I actually really was thinking. I told Matt this, and my my wife when she hears this will probably be mad, but I really am so thankful that my wife in college there wasn't Facebook and and <laughs> camera phones and all that stuff to capture what she was doing or or what I was doing. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be good. I do. I wouldn't want to know those things. Like people used to get away with a lot of shit. You don't get away with anything. So if you could like find the album on your wife's Facebook you hadn't looked at yet from, you know, ninety nine. Right, and she's like Coyote Ugly dancing on the bar. So I don't want to see that. I don't want to know that existed. I I want her to say, "Yeah, college is all right. It was pretty fun." That's I'm. I'm, I can accept that. (laughs) Totally fine by me, for sure. You got one more for us, buddy? No, that was it. All right. See y'all later. (laughs) All right. BC Club brought this news story, and uh, I think some of these people that I'm going to read are here tonight, and if I didn't cover you, then I want to want a show of hands of people that I didn't name, but is uh, Giordano Duro here? Yeah. It's just Jordan. Does that look like Jordan? I go by Jordan. Oh, okay. Awesome. How do you pronounce that first name? I really like it. Awesome. That's really cool. So, Jordan Duro, thank you. Did I say your Wait, last name? Wait, did you actually say Giordano? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, what? Well, yeah. DiGiorno. How do you, how do you <laughs> say DiGiorno? Did you actually think he was pizza? You were like, hell yeah. I'm gonna, this is cool. This guy is the best name. We got a I've representative ever heard. from DiGiorno. Hey, yeah. can I get a year supply? DiGiorno, extra pepperoni. Joshua so Christopher Grady. See here? Thanks, man. The the folks that drove seven hours wow. for this They're thing. camping in a tent tonight, right? Yeah. Melissa Lean. Thanks, Melissa, the Emory fanatic. Uh, David Borges. Awesome. Is that how you say Thank you, name? David. Awesome. And hey, this <laughs> Hey, uh, Convalesce. He is in that band who's on our lineup, which is a free compilation. That's if you don't right. have it now, you're just dumb. Uh, Joshua Husky. Are you here? Awesome. Thanks, Joshua. Who did I miss? Who's in the BC Club and I didn't name your name? I covered everybody. Awesome. All right. Yeah, so everybody that's in the BC Club, look at the other people and like kind of be like, you guys suck. Yeah, I would judge yeah. immediately. Yeah, just put your hands up like this. Say, what? WTF. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or at least say you're here because of me. All you right, and then we have Aaron Moxley. Uh, is that Gil? Gilheim? This is your part. Gil. <laughs> this is your segment. Gilheim Costa, John Scully. Gilheim. Gilheim. Jose M- Macias, yep, right, <laughs> killing it, destroying Man- it. <laughs> Mandy Cross, Lindsey Brown, and Matthew Goings. We thank you guys for being at the BC Club and bringing the damn news. Yeah, let's give hey, it you up. You guys have folks. a good time hearing the truth. 
All right, so we're winding down. This is yeah, we, we do have joke some, time. We do have some T-shirts and uh, books and mugs on sale uh, or, or for sale. I, I shoot, let's put them on sale. I don't yeah. care. Hell yeah, Joy. Matt, name the price, man. What are these $20 T-shirts for sale uh, tonight? We'll go with 20 All right. <laughs> um, all right, so if you, hey, if you buy two, though, you get them for 40 Right on. Cool. Perfect. So we, you know, normally when we're rolling tape together, we have to keep going until we laugh, and that's how we can get out of the episode. We just can't, we just can't handle that pressure live. So we use jokes from somebody. I actually in the had audience. a great one tonight too. Right. But I, no, no, but I'm. You can I save want it, or you can have, use no, it. I think. Go ahead. No, I'm just. I'm can just I say my joke and then somebody else? Yeah, still, we can do two. Uh, okay, we'll do two. I thought my joke tonight was awesome. I was thinking in my head about tonight, and I thought that I was gonna. Spoiler alert. The, the new Avengers movie, the way that they, they tried to hurt the Earth is they actually... I haven't seen it yet. I know. I'm sorry. They actually shoot Joey at the sun. <laughs> <laughs> and the Avengers are like, we can do nothing. He actually... Joey's body can actually hurt the sun. Nothing has ever been known to do that. Joey's body will destroy us. <laughs> All right, we might cut there, but let's give this guy a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's get a shot. Let's get a shot. All right, you have a good joke? I do. Let's try to give a nice, equal yeah, reaction to this, regardless. Hey, real quick, before we wrap this up, seriously, a special thanks to uh, Aaron and Brittany. You guys have been awesome. So let's give it a hand. Yes. What do you get when you cross a penis and a potato? Potato. A very perverted man. <laughs> A dictator. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. Right.